Hello, and welcome to another episode of Heathens and Fanatics, formerly known as Sacred Text Left to Right. I am Rabbi Howard Goldsmith, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Rabbi Ira Evan. And today, we have an interesting issue springing out of our Torah portion. Ira, would you please uh, introduce the text and what we'll be discussing today? So, Howie, this, this coming week's portion is Parsha Tetzaveh, where it discusses what's called the Big Day Kahuna, the clothing of the Kohen and the Kohen Gadol, the high priest and the simple priest. And there it talks about that the purpose of their clothing is l'chavod l'tifaret, to give honor and to give glory to the Kohanim. And really, we can. what I want to discuss with you today, and I think it's a major distinction between the Reform and the Orthodox movement, is how we view Kohanim, and I guess, uh, and Levim, and the different statuses and different levels of, uh, of, of Jews in Judaism, something that I know that the uh, Reform movement sort of got rid of a number of years ago, but it still has a stature and a place in the Orthodox movement. So why don't I turn that over to you? Okay, very good. Um, yes, as you point out, the reform movement um, pretty much did away with the distinctions between different kinds of Jews. So in a traditional setting, there's uh, Kohanim, priests, there's uh, Leviim, the Levites, and then there's Israel. And the place where that is uh, seen, I would say, most commonly, and a lot of, you know, when a lot of my uh, reform congregants and reform colleagues end up in a conservative synagogue or orthodox synagogue for Shabbos, They'll notice that the first Aliyah, the first uh, Torah blessings around the, the reading of the Torah goes to somebody who's a Kohen, the second one to a Levite, and then the rest of them to everyone else. Um, and so I'll have people come to me occasionally, congregants come to me and say, Rabbi, I think I'm a Levite. They need a Levite for my nephew's bar mitzvah. Am I a Levite? Can you write me a letter saying I'm a Levite so they can call me up? Something like that. So you make them a Levite, is what you're saying. I make them, I make them a Levite, exactly. Congratulations. Usually, but usually their father was a Levite, their grandfather right. was a Levite, so it's, it's not... It works out. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, and the other place where we see that is, of course, around funerals and very particular rules around um, how Kohanim can be um, with the, the bodies of the deceased and in cemeteries, and there's very particular rules around that. I'll expand on that, by the way, if I can add that there also, we have something called Birkat Kohanim, which is, in English, they call Duchanim, which is on the holidays. In Israel, they do it every day, uh, but in the diaspora, we do it around the holidays, from, uh, and, um, and the Kohanim are the ones who bless the people, uh, and, and the Leviim, the Levites, are the ones who wash their hands as part of their ritual. So that also is a problem. And what's even more interesting about that is that it became the custom in the Reform Movement decades ago, that the rabbi should do Birkat Kohanim, that same blessing, at the end of every service. And it's a very, um, it's a very powerful moment within a reform worship service. Uh, the way we do it actually in our family services, I think is quite lovely, where the cantor sings one line of the Birkat Kohanim, and then I say it in English, and then we have the parents holding their children close to them, and they repeat it in English to their children. And it's this beautiful moment. It's very um, uh, beautiful. Very yeah, beautiful. Well, so the, the practice of the Birkat Kohanim, or specifically the verses, those, that practice came for Friday night for Birkat Habanim, that parents bless their children with those blessings. And it's not done in a congregational setting, but it is one of the more beautiful parts of the week for me. And, of course, you have the scene from Fiddler on the Roof. When he says, "May the Lord protect and defend you," we'll we'll do our singing later. By the way, we'll do yeah. we'll do our singing later. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, and of course, it is uh, in the Reformed tradition as well that if you're having Shabbos at home, that you would also um, bless your children. I don't think it's done as much as people should. We do it every night, every Friday night in our house. Um, in any event, but beyond those things, um, really in the Reform movement, we've done away with the distinction. So people record it on on you know naming certificates and on bar mitzvah certificates and on gravestones and on kitzubot. But outside of that, we do not record. We make no distinction between Kohen Levite Israel. Um, why, do you think, why do you think that is, Howie? Why do, why do you think they got rid of it? Uh, because back in the late 19th century, when the reform movement was being founded, one of the things that they were trying to do as they were trying to make the religion more universal and less particularistic was to do away with all things related to the priesthood. Um, they said, we are no longer striving for the restoration of sacrifice. We're no longer looking to rebuild the temple. Instead, we are looking for a messianic age among all peoples with no concern for animal sacrifice. And therefore, if we're not looking to return to animal sacrifice, there is no need to remember who would do the sacrifices, were the sacrifices reinstated. Right. There's also, within that kind of universalistic perspective, a true commitment to equality among all people and among all Jews. So the notion of drawing distinctions between different kinds of Jews, particularly a hierarchical distinction, would have been anathema to those uh, people who originally innovated the reform movement. Now, that being said, there's a lot of things, a lot of ritual that has come back into the reform movement that was originally done away with. Some of the um, some of the baby that was thrown out with the bathwater, uh, but this is not one of them. That distinction has not come back into the reform movement because of our continued. Because I think two reasons. First of all, our continued commitment to equality among all Jews, um, and second, because we do not seek the restoration of animal sacrifice. So, in the Orthodox movement, you know, we have. Uh, three uh, crowns, as it's referred to in the Perkei Avot. There is the crown of Torah, there is the crown of Kuhuna, and there is the crown of Malchut, the crown of priesthood, and the crown of Maltiot, which is the crown of monarchy. And what we have these things, we maintain them as much as possible, um, I think for two reasons as well. Number one is that the Torah is a 3,000-year-old document, plus three and 3,500-year-old document, and which is phenomenal. And so, therefore, we try to preserve it as much as we possibly can, even without the temple in existence today. But the other part, which is something that you refer to, is the importance of preserving this for the idea for the future, is that we believe that there will be a time where, in Messianic times, which, again, we all strive for, and there are two aspects of messianic times one is the aspect for the world of the utopian on the world and the other is the aspect of service that goes back to the time of biblical times which is something that we don't fully relate to today but i would imagine that one day, that when it happens we would relate to it again and therefore we have the impetus upon us to preserve kohanim the status of kohanim as well as the status of you know reminding ourselves the idea of the melech hamashiach which is the hopes of the davidic dynasty continuing uh, down the line from the time of King David for the next one to be the King Messiah for the Messianic times. Um, there is one other aspect of this, and that is, is that in Leviticus, it has the mitzvah in Parshat Emar, it has the mitzvah of Bikerash Tem, where we're, the, everybody is obligated to give, give honor to the Kohanim, just as it was 3,300 years ago when the Torah was, 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 was given. 
Um, so we have to give a higher status. They get the first aliyah. We ask them to lead Berkat Hamazon. We're not allowed, according to the Torah, to give them menial tasks. Um, and actually, it's a mitzvah to do things for them. Um, and we keep that status, A, because it's in the Torah, and B, because someday, please God soon, we'll see that role come again in prominence in Messianic times. You know, one of the real, one of the real problems with the notion of the um, reestablishment of animal sacrifice is that it would put us out of a job, Ira. Yeah. yeah. So that that's a valid point, except exactly. Maimonides disagrees. Maimonides says, um, what, what, how he's saying is that traditionally the priests, the Kohanim, took the role of the clergy, right? So I always found that was cool, the story of Hanukkah, that the story of Hanukkah, the Hashemnayim family were Kohanim, right? So we see them as military people. They were rabbis, right? Rabbis can be big and strong and, 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 and warriors. Um, like just God. like us, absolutely. Just like you could see this. That's why we we have the video. Just since we are a warrior fan. Um, so, um, but Maimonides writes that you know that even though they had the place and the role in the temple, it tells us specifically that everybody has the opportunity for the crown of Torah, and everybody has an opportunity if they'd like to be leaders in teaching Torah and in the spiritual leaders of the people outside the temple. Um, and that it was a responsibility, he teases this in Hilchot Trumot um, Maser, if I'm not mistaken, that if that's the case, then just like there was a responsibility of the community to support the Kohanim and Levim, who were the clergy, it was a responsibility to, to support the individual Israelites who were clergy as well. Well, I'll so tell you, That's I'll, why we get paid. I'll tell you what I like about this disagreement, and, or this, this difference, I would say. Um, I think that it, it actually pulls on both of us. I think that it, it pulled the, the notions that you're discussing, uh, particularly around preservation of Torah for its own sake and traditions that may be mysterious to us that we may not fully understand um, as a way to hope for a better future. I think that that's something that the reform movement can learn um, from the modern Orthodox world. And my hope is that the reform movement's really commitment to the notion that we shall be a kingdom of priests um, that all of us have within us that special sanctity and holiness, um, striving for more and more equality and justice within our community, and then also, God willing, outside of it. I think that that's something that the, that the Orthodox world could stand to reflect on as well. Um, and so I see this as an opportunity for, for us looking to one another. I hear you. It just doesn't go with the heathens and the fanatics theme. Um, <laughs> but but I think it is important that we do recognize there's a great deal that we do agree upon, especially the idea of a memlechet koanim, as it's said in the Torah, to be a kingdom of priests, um, and that, that every Jew has a responsibility to bring God's light into the world, not just the kohanim, the priests of the temple. Um, and at the same time, I think it's important that all of us recognize, the, especially in the times that we live in, the important role we take in preserving what uh, the, the, the ancient and bringing it into modern times. We, uh, we pray that our new days should be like old. And uh, if we hope for the Torah to be relevant in the next 3,300 years, then we better do our best to preserve it as best as possible. Wonderful. Ira, thank you so much. Uh, we have a great trip in Israel. Thank we'll you very much. Safe travels to you as well. Thank you. We'll be off next week, uh, and we'll return with uh, Heathens and Fanatics slash Sacred Text left to right in a few weeks. For all our listening audience, uh, shalom. Shalom indeed.